It's the only wrestling podcast on earth yet to be future endeavored by the WWE. We're we're yet again survived the cuts. We've got a lot to talk about here on the wrestling perspective. But first, let me introduce the casting characters. First, he's won four Stanley Cups. He's yet to be released from the WWE. He is the number one fighter in my heart and in your life. That's Darren McCarty. What's up, fellas? Uh, nice hey. to see you. Thank you. This guy is a playoff coach, a prima donna. He shows up when he wants. He says, fellas, I can only do 30 minutes because I am a high school head coach. I am a two-time MLB All-Star. I am a comeback player of the year. And when I say we record, we record, that's the meat hook. Darren, you introduced Hey, him. Hey, I hate that introduction right there because I am a team player and I heard a bunch of I, 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 I. Don't appreciate that. <laughs> We're sorry, playoff coach. We are so sorry. He has won yet again two X Division championships. He's the man behind the man behind the man at Impact Wrestling. He's my best friend and yours. That's Petey Williams. Now how's she going, eh? Pete, let's introduce the fourth, the fifth guy to the club here. He's been rocking your balls off all over the world since the early 90s. One of the innovators of punk music in my mind, a guy who I remember spending 1995 on his CDs back when they were way overpriced CDs. That's Lars. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Lars. Come on. You can't lie. I mean, remember when CDs were like 20 bucks? Yeah, I do. Check it out, bro. Our shit was so good, it never made the Super Saver bin. Okay. <laughs> That's a that's good. Time bomb, baby. That's right. That's large. I appreciate. I appreciate your twenty dollars because with that twenty dollars, I was able to buy some cut up watermelon twenty five years later and use it as a watermelon. (laughs) (laughs) Twenty bucks. Can I do Dennis's intro today? Sure. Yeah. All right, and the man behind. Whatever the heck we got going here at Wrestling Perspective Podcast, he is undisputed. Fantasy football, ESPN, you name it, he can do it. And if you're not sure, just ask him. He'll tell you. He is the one and only Dennis Farrell. Yeah, good intro. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. We have a lot to talk about. Let's let's go right off the rip. This new round of WWE releases. And before we started recording, and I think before you popped in, DMAC, I said, I can make a case for each one of these guys should have been released. Not they don't deserve, but should have been released by the WWE. And you know what? Each one of these guys are going to be all right. I, I'm not one of those guys that are like, oh, this guy deserves to be released. But First and foremost, let's start with this. Are you shocked by any one of these guys? I was shocked at, well, it is, but it's not because it's WWE, right? So last minute changes, but the fact that the Dark Father with Aleister Black and just, you know, I think it was just behind the scenes. I think the stuff with uh, hearing about Liv Morgan, she retiring, well, that explains the Riot Squad and, and this time around, you look at the like Buddy Murphy, everybody there. There's a there's a promotion that they're gonna scoop them up like that, or there there's matches out there that now can happen, especially with what we're seeing. The one thing I mentioned uh, before, which 
always ask Petey is, Petey, did you know that Leo Rush was going to be? And he said no. But the fact that uh, was the surprise entrance in the Battle Royal. But that just goes to show you, because we just saw him wrestling at New Japan. So, you know, the Forbidden Door, these guys are probably, it's a blessing in disguise. I think Braun Strowman, it was uh, it was his contract. Because, you know, arguably over making over a million dollars. And if the WWE is going to sell, which it's, this, this is absolutely, it's almost like, Vince is too old to fight anymore. And it's, and it's looking, this looks even more like he's going to sell WWE. So it's better for in the long run, what I like, and that's the wrestlers having more say in the craft that they're in. So to me, it, it's a blessing for those, these people. Pete, you know, I, the speculation, I mean, is he going to sell? I've never thought I would see this day. I really didn't like everybody's talking about like, Oh, you know, Vince will, will you know run this company until first off they say vince will never die but if he does die you know he'll he'll run this company until you know he is dead um i don't know if it's gonna if he's gonna sell uh i mean i don't know what he would do with his life after he sold this company i know there's a lot of speculation but you know all the all the you know the evidence points to yeah they're gonna sell i i don't know if that's gonna happen uh you know a lot of big time superstars uh, got released, like a lot of big names. Usually, like in historically, people that get released that are big names like that, like a Braun Strowman that's making like you know in the seven figures, it's because they did something. They got in trouble with the law or some sort of uh, you know wellness violation. Some something that's not just like hey, we got to do a budget cut. So all of this is a shock to me, and it, it just goes to show that nobody's safe because we all know like we've read it over the years like how much they've pushed braun Strowman, how much you know like remember at first like he wasn't getting over and we're like ah you know and it took a long time for him to get over and they finally got him over um but now like it, it just it goes to show that the machine is behind him and then all of a sudden it's like yep we gotta cut you like it's just it's so bizarre to me it's i've never seen anything like this before Mitri, what do you think, bud? I'm looking at it from a standpoint of uh, <clears throat> rebuilding and WWE getting rid of a lot of established guys, kind of saturating the market with former WWE guys. Maybe they have something brewing that they're going to have new stars emerging. I don't know. I mean, I'm just looking at it from a standpoint of a baseball team and they want to rebuild. So, They'll cut their losses, make trades or whatever, in this case, releases. And getting rid of big names like a Braun Strowman, I mean, God, I mean, that surprised me. I'm not the biggest fan of Braun Strowman, but to see him released, that is just like, that's shocking. I mean, he was just in the main event getting ready to go up against Bobby Lashley. And the next thing you know, I don't, I mean, that to me makes no sense. And then with Aleister Black, I mean, he was just on TV um, kicking um Black Mass and um, Big E, and now he's gone. And then Ruby Riot and Lana. Uh, you kind of expected Lana since uh, Rusev's now Miro and and kick and tail in AEW. But um, you know that, that. I mean, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to hearing what you have to say about you know the reasons why you feel that every guy deserves to get released because I mean it has to be something other than 
my say with rebuilding. It could be what D-Max said. It could be what PD said. It definitely could be what Lars is about to say. Lars, I'll let you go before I throw my opinion out. Well, you know, I mean, some of them I totally understand. Uh, you know, Velveteen Dream. Um, I wish my man would just keep his cock in his pants. And uh, he would be a fucking superstar. You know what I mean? Funk uh, version. Yeah. I mean, I love that guy. And it sucks because, you know, it's just like, you know, some people, whatever. It doesn't matter. But, like. You know, I love him. I love watching him. I think he's one of the best performers. I think he's one of the best sellers. And I think he just gets in too much drama. Same with Lars Sullivan. Um, but then I look at like a Ruby Riot or Braun Strowman. And I kind of honestly am happy that they got let go because I really think that a Ruby Riot is going to do so much better, like in a place like Impact. I think that, that that's kind of like, you know, I would hate to kind of see her go to AEW. I'd love to see her go to Impact and really take over there. Um, I think she's got a cool look. I think like there's so many possibilities that you could do with her. So I'm kind of happy for her in a way. She might not feel that way, but hey, well, hey, real quick, I think she's dating Jake something. Oh, really? Be right. She's not. Ah, uh, man, I don't want to get into it right now. <laughs> <laughs> But, All right, keep going, Lars. <laughs> um, I can see like a, a Braun Strowman like going to an AEW. You know what I mean? I think, I mean, a lot of these guys, I don't like like you said, Dennis. I don't think they're going to be out of work that long. Um, you know, there's but there's some people. Obviously, I think that like um, you know, I'm kind of just scrolling down, you know, the list. And other than Alistair Black, and I mean, obviously, the biggest one is Daniel Bryan. And, you know, we're seeing everybody kind of come into AEW and we're seeing AEW like just hired Mark Henry, right? So, and if you think about it, they're sort of tightening the screws screws on that show, um, you know, because that's why you would hire a guy like Mark Henry, who's obviously got a very knowledgeable wealth of knowledge of the business. So, you know, I don't really see these guys being jobless, whether or not the WWE sells or not. Um, I'm sure there's going to come, it's going to come with a caveat that either Triple H or, Ste or Stephanie's running the place or something like that. So, um, which I think that they have, you know, and, and honestly, like if, if Triple H and, you know, was to run the main shows, I think we would have better wrestling. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, NXT's pro. Exactly. So it's like, I don't know. The, uh, the WWE is just, it's not the, 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 as I was listening to the radio today, two guys talking about it and it's, they saying that a lot, it's, it's sort of lost its cool factor. And I think it has. So honestly, like I, you know, not that it's a sinking ship, but whatever, go ahead, Dennis. I think there's such a log jam of talent. And we've said this before on past shows that WWE from Raw to NXT has the greatest talent ever assembled on any roster anywhere. You take each one of the shows, it's it's just the greatest talent. We can all agree to that. But at some point, you have to cut talent to bring up the, the younger folks. What was the last thing Braun Strowman really did a note that's, that sticks out in your mind? For me, it was when they overdid his strength with Roman Reigns and what – 2020 early 2020 was that that was before the pandemic too when we had fans in the stadium and he's flipping cars ever since then 
He's just been a big guy. He's been a guy they throw in the matches, maybe throw off the ending. He hasn't had any notable runs. To me, he's going to be the Drew McIntyre of this group where he goes off, grows, and he comes back as a better wrestler in the WWE. I don't think I see any of these other people with that kind of potential to come back better because a lot of them are already at the top of their game. But for me, Braun Strowman is going to be the Drew McIntyre of this group. I don't think his story is done in the WWE, but he has a lot of growing. We've heard from some of the dirt sheets early on about how he was late for meetings and it derailed his title run here and there. That's all young person stuff. That And, and each one of you guys, whether you're – in a band or in a locker room has seen that young guy that may have taken his opportunity a little bit to an advantage and whether they send him down or release him, he comes back a little bit later, more mature and more humbled. And I think that's, what's going to happen with Braun Strowman. Yeah. Well, you got to remember with Braun, um, he like right during the pandemic, WrestleMania 36, the last one uh, during the pandemic, he, he was like, he won the title. I, I don't remember which one, the Universal or the, the, the WWE title, but it was the Universal. It was like more of a squash match, too. Yeah. It, it, was, it, was it Goldberg yeah. at that time? Was, yeah. So was, he, he was the guy, right? And then I think uh, uh, Roman Reigns had won it from him and he's had it ever since. So Braun, like, recently has been like a, a, a big, like, marquee guy. And just this past WrestleMania, he was what wrestling Shane McMahon in that uh, cage match. Well, so you, guess you can't throw the boss's kid off the cage. I mean, it's bad <laughs> things happen. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's really like that one is surprising to me just because how hard they, they pushed him, like how, how much steam they had behind him. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, he's gone. Like usually when you release somebody, it's like, we got nothing else for you. He could have been that guy, even if they had nothing for him, that he could have been that next big show where it's like, you know, he just uh, he's that next guy to get the other guy elevated to the next level, like that that guy that he beats. Um, so it's just really surprising. Like, well, it, but, it, but that's a that's a very expensive setup guy. That's you know, Braun Strowman was making several millions of dollars. That's if I'm paying a wrestler millions of dollars, I don't want him to be the setup guy to get the next guy to the level. I want him to be that guy, and I th that's where I, I kind of disagree with you, Pete. So you're I mean, saying Dennis said it's Braun Strowman's fault that he got cut, or that because I because I always when it's WWE, it's like handcuffed, in my opinion. You know because you I if you don't succeed, it's because they you know whatever else they like in this case with Braun Strowman, it's like they just wash their hands with him because of the money or whatever. You know priorities it doesn't it changes. It's just yeah, but weird with how it changes so quick. With Braun, like a lot of these guys that get over like a Daniel Bryan or like even an Aleister Black or whatever, they organically get over. It's like, you know, their, their talent and all that kind of stuff. Like the fans just get behind him and get over. Bra Braun wasn't like that. If you remember, like when he first started with the Wyatt family and even, you know, them trying to push him on a singles, it wasn't working. And then eventually, like, I don't know what happened with the fans were like, okay, yeah, well, we'll get behind him. Um, but so his wasn't an organic push. So he definitely had all the power behind them so yeah. they can they can pull the rug from underneath them if they want and that's apparently what they did by releasing them uh, apparently my take is embarrassingly clueless and i'd love to know more about that by the way because what 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 have i said that was wrong about braun braun is a phenomenal athlete i think he just needs to grow up he's still a, a younger guy in the wrestling world 
And look at Drew McIntyre. This is kind of the same thing that happened to Drew McIntyre in his early run in the WWE. He had an inflated ego. Yes, Lars. Well, I was just going to say, like, I don't think from the very get-go, like Petey just was saying, I don't. I feel like they never really got close on really how to push this guy and present this guy. I almost felt like a little bit later on, he became like Zeus against Hulk Hogan. (laughs) (laughs) Was it Sylvester Ritter? Was that his name? Uh, Tiny Lidster or something? Yeah, Debo. Debo. Who's Sylvester Ritter? That's Junkyard Dog. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing. I, and the junkyard dog got, got us to saw what an Well, same with Zeus, too. He gone, too. Mm. Right. So, but, um, you know, like, I always felt like they kind of did that a little bit to him. You know what I mean? He, he was, I don't know. I, I just think that the way he was presented and always was sort of put out there, never really, I don't know. It just never seemed to fit. It seemed like, I'm hoping... Like you said, Dennis, and I think you're freaking right. And, I, and whoever said that you were clueless, I saw the, the comment, but you're not. Because I think he's going to go out and find himself. And like every great wrestler, and I think Braun has the ability to be like a great wrestler, you know, um, he's going to go find it. He's going to go to these other companies, Impact or AEW, and he's going to be able to be creative. And unless this guy's shit for brains, which I don't think he is, he's going to come back. And he's going to be bigger and better. Watch. And I think to your point, Lars's point to Dennis's point, I think in some sports, right, the bigger guy takes longer to develop. If if I would agree with Dennis, out of anybody that's been released to be able to have a Drew McIntyre like revival or go find himself, it would be Braun Strowman because he's already sort of somewhat of the way there. So it'll, it'll, and to Lars's point, it'll prove whether he's this big dummy that the McMahons play him out to be, or he's more than that. So it might be, it'll be, you know, a great opportunity for him. Pete, you being backstage, you know, wrestling and wrestling psychology and big man wrestling psychology is way different than any other regular wrestling psychology. What can you get throw in on this before I throw it to uh, young and we wrap this segment up. Uh, they well, I mean, first off, WWE's uh, really good at presenting big men. I mean, they're they're probably the best company in, in the world to present big men. That they do that very very well. A lot of the times, um, when you go to other places, uh, like and it's sometimes it's the the big man's fault because they want to go doing cool stuff. They're like, I don't want to just be a big man. I want to do like spots, you know, because they're like, I'm athletic. I want to show my athleticism. Um, so sometimes it's their fault too. Uh, like I look at somebody like, uh, William Morrissey, big Cass, right? He's back at impact. Now he's the biggest guy on our roster and he has, I feel he's got that drew McIntyre, uh, esque thing that we're all talking about right now. Like he's, he's really changed himself. He's, if you guys have been watching, he's in better shape than he's ever been in, um, you know, he, he's on top of his game. His matches are good and stuff like that. And sometimes it's detrimental when you're a big man because you're limited, you know, like you're limited to the sense that, oh yeah, I can't bump for this little guy, you know, and a, wrestling has turned into a, like a, like a smaller guy's sport. Like, like somebody like me, I can only be a referee back then. Maybe <laughs> not even a referee, right? Like there was no such thing as like cruiserweights or anything. So big guys, like they want to show 
And, and sometimes it's like a, the selfish aspect in them. Like they, they want to show that they're athletic and they can do all the spots too. But like a Brian Cage, for example, he's super athletic. But sometimes it's like, hey, man, it doesn't make sense if you like like are going like doing a standoff spot with like a rich swan or something like that. The size difference just doesn't make sense. But I think they instilled so much in Braun's brain that, hey, you're the big man. And I think he knows how to wrestle like a big man. I think he's going to do just fine on the indies or wherever he goes. He's going to I do believe that he's going to reinvent himself. Dimitri. Maybe WWE is trying to saturate the market with all ex-WWE guys. And maybe if AEW jumps all over that, you know, all their champion, if you notice, except for the, the women's, have been former WWE guys. And that's the one thing that's always been thrown out there, that they can't create their own talents. They have to use former people from WWE to 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 further their um growth as a uh i'm just being devil's advocate this is what i'm seeing i'm, I'm going to two, thi two things with that d is i think that that's what wcw did wrong is like hoarding too much talent whatever and i aw is sort of aware of that but also too who won the battle royal their homegrown yeah. kid uh, right jungle boy so i think that most everything you're talking about d most is, importantly what most importantly, who predicted that? <laughs> Lars. Yep. That was your yeah, pick to win. Great, great call because it makes sense about, you know, you're talking, this goes back to our conversation about Orange Cassidy and about the face and stuff like this. Well, there's Jungle Boy and they create, I think if you watch his progression and stuff like that is exactly, they're aware of that, that you're saying like, like, I'm sure that that whether it's Cody and Khan and Jericho, all these eight, all these WWE guys that have come there have they know the ins and outs of how what how Vince is going to play or whatever like this. They're aware of the and and as long as it's still like the wrestlers promotion or even an impact or even in the independents where guys are like Petey just said can create their their own way they're you know more than being pigeonholed into it and if they go back to wwe at any time it's usually the second time they know what they're dealing with and it's on their accord and they have more power right because yeah. you gotta have the power play with vince once you have that and and to wrap this segment up dnf dn asked this question do you think wrestlers find their love and passion in other companies ever want to go back to the wwe and i think Absolutely. WWE is still a payday. And I would say any wrestler that has WWE on their on their resume make more money on the indie circuit when they go back. So I think now, and I think we've talked about this on many episodes, WWE is no longer that desired landing spot because that's the NHL, the MLB, the the big, you know, Lollapalooza of the wrestling companies, but it's now the payday to launch them into more money going forward. Any, yeah. any wrapping up on this thoughts, guys? Yeah, I think uh, like I look at John Morrison, for example, because he was with Impact, right? He he left WWE years prior. He reinvented himself. He was wrestling, you know, uh, Lucha Underground, doing the Impact stuff and just like really killing it everywhere he went. He was like the hot guy in the indies and stuff. And then at the end of the day, when his Impact contract was up, you know, we all knew he was going back to WWE because they were paying him like money that he couldn't turn down. And it's like, you know, you get to that age where you're like, yep. I had my fun. 
I did what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I showed that I, I can be a, a star outside of WWE and reinvent myself. Uh, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to, you know, kind of invest in my retirement now. And that's what he did. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that question right there. Yeah. They, they, they aspire to go back to WWE, I believe if for a different reason, not to build themselves. Now it's more like, Hey, I want to retire. <laughs> Got to build a new deck. So I'll go sign there for two years. Yeah. All right, Double Nothing was uh, this past weekend. I'm sure we all watched it or saw the reviews. We had the review show, which went over huge. Thank you to everybody who stopped in and gave their opinions. And by the way, if you're in any of the chat rooms, we still want your opinions on what you thought about uh, the AEW Double or Nothing show. We'll start with you, D-Mac. Uh, overall view and thoughts on the pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, I gave it a, I, I gave it a solid eight. Um, I think I like, I kept thinking about, um, I mean, I, I thought the card was great from, um, you know, hangman and, and came from, from the opening match, the D match, you know, all that, all that stuff. I thought it was great. I thought I, I was thinking of Lars or thinking of, of, uh, of you, Dennis, when we were talking about, I hope the, I hope the stadium stampede match isn't like a bit of a joke, but you know, the, you know, the urban Meyer stuff and what I enjoyed for what it was, you know what I mean? It was what it was and the way they repelled in and, you know, watching all the different stuff. Obviously you were talking about making homegrown guys that was made to, you know, to push Sammy Guevara, getting the pin on Spears and stuff like that. So I think they're all aware of it. And I think I was fully entertained. Um, throughout the you know throughout throughout the card you know obviously the the outcomes the endings um you know the 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 don callis pulling uh uh with orange cassidy off of kenny omega like just the little things all the shenanigans uh frankie kazarian coming out to stop the good brothers you know like i love all the little storylines so it makes makes me made me want to watch monday and watch bte and watch sammy's vlog and watch everything I could to see the behind the scenes of what went on. So I was thoroughly enjoyed. Cohen. Thoroughly oh, sorry. I was going to say Cohen, we'll get to your question about Slammiversary here in a few. D-Mac finish up your thought. No, that was, that was pretty much it. I'd give it a solid eight. <sighs> Lars, what did you think? Because uh, the stadium stampede, I could have gone either way on. Uh, it was heavily recorded as they said in the coming days. I think it took them four days to record it. And then they had the live finish in the ring. What'd you think? I mean, honestly, I thought it was a great show. Um, you know, I think there were so many cool moments and that that just that they capitalized on. Um, I'm loving Mox coming out to Wild Thing, um, you know, and just there were so many things about it. Watching Hangman, you know, and the, the pop that he got, you know what I mean? That was pretty, pretty massive for him. And, and he was one of, you know, cause he's like one of their guys, you know what I mean? I think the crowd understood that. Um, I think Sting, you know, obviously the crowd chanting, you still got it and all that. And just, you know, I thought it was electric. And I, and as, as a fan, I'm, I'm with DMAC. I'll give it about an eight. Pete. Uh, so great card top to bottom. Uh, you know, just I'll nitpick. A little bit you know i just said great card top to bottom just the placement of the card uh i mean i don't know what match i would have put first uh, i guess adam page and brian cage was a was a good call i was 
that was my sleeper pick to be like match of the night. I, I didn't know if it was going to be match of the night. I, I wish they had a, like a little bit more time just to go out there, a couple more false finishes and stuff like that. Um, with uh, what was the next match? Like the young bucks and Mox and Eddie. Like, I don't know why they would put that second. I think at, at that point I may have put the battle Royal or even like uh, the Cody and uh, a go-go match. Uh, but that I feel like the the Bucks and the the Mox and Kingston match was match of the night. Um, everything else was solid top to bottom. My predictions totally wrong. I think I got like maybe like two or three right or whatever. I totally like misinterpreted what they were going for and everything, which is great. I love to be surprised and be like, oh wow, they're doing this instead. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would give it an eight definitely. I can't complain with those rankings. I think it was a, a great card, top to bottom. All the matches I felt like I was invested in. The stadium stampede, although I could nitpick it and say I didn't like it, I think there was just enough comedy. It didn't go over the top like last year's did. It wasn't I didn't sit there and go, this is supposed to be a blood feud. What are what's going on here? There were a few cute moments. I love seeing Conan as the DJ. That popped me a little bit. That it was good to see Conan back and looking pretty good there. Uh the Urban Meyer. There's a question what we thought about Urban Meyer. I think that was great kind of product placement. I mean, if you have a brand new head coach on an exciting team who had the first overall pick, you have the stadium stampede in that in that stadium, why wouldn't you want to highlight some of your your football talent on the show to maybe try to cross-promote the two brands? So I didn't really have too much of a problem with that. And Jericho being the face, why wouldn't Urban Meyer help him out? So I I, I thought there was enough seriousness in that match to over, overshadow the little bit of comedy they put in to break it up. So I think I'm, I was happy. Anybody I, else impressed on Jericho's fucking? He has his arm there. He was slinging that football at friggin' MJF. He like did you like he didn't hold back, but that was a tight ball that he threw before he hit him with the computer. Yeah. And you notice, hey, you notice, baby face Jericho I, asked for permission. Can I can I use that computer, please? <laughs> the, the, all those. I think Lars nailed it, right? Because there was so many little things, and I think the crowd, the, the man. I can't wait, Petey, till you get to perform in front of like a big crowd again, and and because that that was, I think, the enjoyment of all of it, which sometimes in the lull of a show or whatever, it kept you in because there was always something different. Like you said, you know, to see Sting out there at sixty-two still doing it, you know what I'm saying? Like God, that like that's that's inspiring. And he looked great, but I, you yeah. know, one thing I will say is like. You know, as many opportunities that they capitalized on, I thought that Cody Rhodes match, it could have gone so much better. And I, I really honestly think that he should not have won that match. And I think a lot of people, when we were talking about this, or if he did win, then maybe a go-go, you know, gets a, uh, a kendo stick and just beats the holy hell out of him. Like, there like gets his heat back, yeah. There should have been some sort of answer, you know, and then come, you know, him do his thing but other than that and i think that the serena deed match probably should have been it shouldn't have been a a pre-show thing i mean there were some things that you know like i'm not running the show though so it's like but as a as like a fan and you know just doing this with you guys you kind of look at it at a different way you know with a different set of uh glasses so to speak so i don't know but like 
I think there was a few things that they could have done maybe better. I was like, I was really stoked to see uh, Jungle Boy do it. You know what I mean? That was pretty cool. I, I will say this. You could have put Anthony Agogo into your top five company hills if he would have went over on Cody on Memorial Weekend with the red, white, and blue and the American dream. And this guy just beats Cody. And then he we call him the American crusher or something. That would have put this guy into the main event picture. Unless he's not ready for it. And there's nothing worse than elevating a guy too soon. And last show we talked about waiting too long. And Pete, you've been on many shows where they might have pulled the trigger a little too soon on a guy who maybe have has the fans behind him or the heat behind him, but doesn't have the in-ring talent to back up the, the, the push to the top. Yeah, I mean, that's what it might be in his case because everything was pointing to – and I, I think we all of us picked a go-go to win. I, I don't know yeah. who picked I think, Cody. I think some of us picked Cody. Yeah. I, I think I might have picked Yeah. Him. I picked a go-go because I'm like, it just made sense. I'm like, you know, he's, they're really putting over his gut punch and like, I'm like, why, but, but maybe this is the, you know, uh, WWE style, like Cody Rhodes, the Hulk Hogan, and then they push whatever heel that they want to push just so that the Hulk Hogan can go over on him. So maybe they just, they did that on purpose to like, Hey, let's build up this guy so that Cody to go, go over on him. Maybe that, that was their strategy. Maybe, and, or maybe they made a decision like, yeah, you know, he's not ready yet. Let's not, uh, let's I might not have, push him yet. I might have waited for this matchup uh, uh, maybe a, a year down the line when Gogo's a little bit more seasoned because mm-hmm. this had huge feud written all over it if you did it right. And especially when he throws out the American Dream moniker, I thought that was a special moment that should have been saved to really highlight a feud and put it into just the perspective of this is it. I'm breaking out my dad's, you know, surname to, to really hammer this rivalry home. And it, it almost felt like it almost felt flat leading up to it. But if a go-go would have won, I think it would have meant more for Cody breaking out the name for Cody wearing the red, white, and blue, everything leading up to it. I don't know if Gogo's ready or not. I'm a fan of his. I like what he's doing. And I really thought if Anthony would have won this match and then went in back into his American hating things, I crushed your AEW American hero thing, it would have put him up there with MJF. I agree. And I, that's like the thing, you know, I, I really feel like just with all the, 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 the I, I don't know if you you know, Cody's the symbolism with the American dream, the red, white, and blue. Then you got the, you know, Memorial Day, even though we were allies. I mean, it might have been better for July 4th, honestly, but, you know. Yeah, and people in the chat room, I think Gogo needed more of a buildup. I mean, for me, I would have forgotten the buildup if that finish of the match was different. I think that was one of those things where the finish could have highlighted, could have overshadowed the buildup and made you believe it was bigger than it really was. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with everything. Like, man, it's sometimes it's really tough. Like, we don't know what happens behind the scenes. We don't know if, like, you know, like he's got heat or anything like that, or it's just that maybe they they're you know they're they're kind of building them up. They were building up as as a monster, like you know that that gut punch, all that kind of stuff. And maybe they're like, you know what, this isn't the direction we want to go with him. Let's give him a loss, and then maybe that like lights a fire under him more to be even more of a monster kind of deal. Like he can't handle this loss. I don't know. So 
Well, I mean, we'll see on on uh, Friday when uh, you know during Dynamite, see what happens. And uh, by the way, let's transition. Is there anything else from the show that we need to bring up? No, no, or- I don't think so. Other than like all my predictions were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that you, you were not very right. I'm not trying no. for help in any prediction polls from here on out, Pete. No, well, I, okay, I got. I, I think I got like three. I I got four <laughs> out of ten. I th- no five out of ten. Actually, I got half of them right. But still, in in something like this, I'm expecting more of like eight out of ten. So were we? Yeah, I'd be honest. I was a little disappointed. You're the professional. I mean, you're the professional wrestler, Pete. You sort of let the. You know what? You let us all down. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. It's my fault. You're you're the Anthony Agogo of this podcast. <laughs> and by the way, I do want to touch on this. Uh, AEW got some heat going into this pay per view based off their ratings for their Friday night show. Uh, and by the way, I do want to give a shout out because I play this nerdy card game, and a couple guys are watching it. The WWE Supercard. And I want to give a shout out to a couple guys that are actually watching the stream for the first time. So thank you guys so much. I love and by the way, if you don't play WWE Supercard, you should. It is a fun, nerdy, good game that you would enjoy. All right, back to the ratings. And I saved a photo here because WWE was getting or not WWE, but uh, AEW was getting some heat based off what their ratings were. And I here's one of the tweets. Uh AEW. Uh, there was a report that Dynamite drew 500,000 viewers down by 38% last week, going up against WWE SmackDown. A 38% drop is huge. But in the defense of AEW, and by the way, we don't love AEW more than WWE. We don't hate WWE more than anything anyone else. So I think we're wrestling fans here. And to say that Dynamite took a huge ratings hit because it went up against SmackDown... I don't think it was fair. You're going into the really the first holiday weekend where you can go out without masks and live life. I think that was more of a case of people were going to live lives than stayed in on a Friday night to watch Dynamite and to catch EMAC up. We're basically talking about the drop in viewership for Dynamite moving to Friday night versus SmackDown heading into a holiday weekend on the eve of, I guess, the go-home show for their double or nothing. I don't put too much stock into that. You know, like you said, Dennis, we were coming out of a pandemic, you know, like something that the world, the world hasn't known. Let just the wrestling world. So let it permeate just like anything else, just like NXT moving to Tuesdays, Impact moving to Thursdays. Let everybody settle in a little bit because you're viewing your viewership's changed a little bit. And and as wrestling fans, we got to get on board. But, you know, I, I think a lot of it today, too, is is I watch a lot of it after the fact. You know, like uh, I'd rather I'd rather sit down and watch a couple episodes and fast forward through some of the parts I don't like. But you get the gist of everything. So I think it's it goes with how we can get all of our wrestling information these days. It's just not A, B and C. You know, there's a whole friggin different alphabet and everything. Yeah. And I think another thing with the drop in the ratings is like you, you got to remember what what night is AEW on historically? Wednesday. Wednesday. Exactly. And then all of a sudden you're going to switch nights. I mean, yeah. And and Friday, you know, people are going out and stuff like that. Wednesday people, you know, it's a work night. Okay. Let's chill, watch TV and, you know, watch eight. Like it's appointment TV. People know that at eight o'clock on Wednesdays, you can watch AEW. 
I, I guarantee there's people that tune in on Wednesday forgetting that it was it was on Friday and we're like, hey, where's this AEW? Guy. This yeah, guy. It, yeah. I, I think I did the same thing. I'm like, oh, why why isn't AEW on? Oh, it's on it's on Friday. It's like, okay, well, I'm I'm not gonna be able to watch it Friday. Like I have something else going on. So yeah, I mean, just a change in you know the 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 date that's gonna affect your ratings too, one hundred percent. Well, I'm a little disappointed that it did move to Friday, honestly, um, because I kind of like that fact that it was during a Wednesday. It was the hump. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not going out on a Wednesday night. If anything, I'm going to want to be entertained on a Wednesday night. I'm mm-hmm. going to want, want to watch wrestling. on. I actually most of the time catch up on a lot of wrestling on Wednesday. You know what I mean? So the fact that it's Friday kind of sucks because you know what? I'm trying to, you know, like – the, for, for instance, last week I was traveling home. So I, you know, I missed it. I missed it all. So, you know, it's just, it's like one of those things where, where I feel like I don't necessarily know if that's the right thing for them, even though it doesn't probably matter in my opinion. But my point is, is that like, I think they're, dem- I would love to see the demographics, you know, that are watching AEW versus WWE. And I bet you we would see a lot more people in that kind of like, 21 to 40 watching AEW. You know what I mean? Because I feel like, you know, WWE, when I think about it, it's like it's guys my age, you know what I mean? And young kids, you know, like my, that's, but now, now my nine year old wants to watch AEW because, you know, because Jungle Boy's on there and, and Will Hobbs is there and a, a couple other guys that he can kind of relate to, you know what I mean? But, I think that I would love to see the demographic and if, and if that maybe that's the reason why not necessarily because it's going against SmackDown I, I, demographic would be, like you said, would be out fucking partying. If yeah. I partied, that's where I'd be. Fuck being at home watching wrestling. Yeah. I want to know from people in the chat room who are watching, does it, the night of wrestling matter? Because for me, and I think DMAC hit it on the head, if a wrestling show is on Thursday or Friday, I'm more apt to watch it Saturday morning or Saturday night than I am to make sure I watch it live. And if it's on a Monday or a Wednesday, I'm more apt to watch it live because I've, I've got nothing going on. Or I have my daughter that night. That I, I think DMAC hit it right on the head there. Well, here's the whole thing too, right? Which I love the AEW formula, whether they did it on purpose or whatever, but, and then they added the Monday. So even though my, and Monday Night Raw sucks, we all know that, right? Like SmackDown's at least got a show, right? To compete with AEW. But the fact that they did uh, Dark and then they did whatever the new one, like the Monday night, Tuesday night, and then into Wednesday's like their main event. So they got the beginning of the week and by Wednesday, like that's, like anybody else, like getting into Thursday, Friday, you got stuff to do, you know, or, or, or the weekend, you're more planned to that. The Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, I think if they stay in that realm, because that's why being the elite, they, they, they throw it out on a Monday. So, so the fact that they captured exactly what went on at the event and, and they broadcast it into their programming was beautiful same with sammy guevara releases it on tuesday with ethan page releases his on tuesday so it gets you in that aw whole flow and then the payoffs wednesday and you know what i'm saying then you're good for that week and it, and it makes sort of more sense to that it, again it just shows maybe the fact of how they're growing right 
they're adding different things and then it's got to be by not because they're trying to dominate but because there's more um requests for it well if if you look at just one more thing on the ratings if you look at the ratings um and and lars touched on it he's like you know who, who watches wwe we have older people and really young people so friday works great for them i mean young people like really young people aren't going on, on friday either are really old people uh when it comes to AEW. Um, it, it's different because their demographic is, is going out, but you have to look at the future. All right. In a few years from now, WWE is going to have those, those young kids. Now they're going to be teenagers, a little bit older, and they'll, they'll, they'll be loyal to WWE just like all of us were right. We were all Hulkamaniacs and stuff like that. And they hooked us in. Uh, that's what, that's what WWE is doing right now. They're, they're, they're projecting for their future. So, I mean, they're doing it right. I think like, that's that's just me. Well, just for the record, I was a King Kong Bundy. Okay. Well, you know, I figure speech. You know, yeah. what I, mean? I love Bundy, man. He's awesome and an awesome person too, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. I never got a chance to meet him. I mean, that, he was always one of my favorite wrestlers. Yeah. But, um, to your point, though, Pete. I, you know, somebody had mentioned a comment. You know, because of the NBA, and there's yeah. one thing that I wanted to mention, and I forgot to, because they're moving to the Superstation. Jason Major, I believe, was the guy who put it out there. Yeah, they're moving to TBS, right? Yeah, they're moving to TBS, which you know, and I think we mentioned it on a few shows ago when it was sort of news. So, but and another thing I wanted to comment on is the Saturday morning wrestling because, like, sometimes I get up and it's a Saturday and I want to turn it on, and I do have saved shows, and that's you know because I I miss the Saturday morning wrestling. I remember the yeah. whole Saturday used to be wrestling. You know, it's in California, you would have you know, uh, superstars, not superstars. Was it, uh, it was uh, superstars. At the well, yeah. And then you had, uh, you know, obviously uh, glow came on like around one. And then I had a Polynesian Pacific championship wrestling cause on channel 26 here. And then around, and then you had glow up until about, uh, you know, the, um, world, uh, uh, world championship wrestling. And then, then you would have um, Bill Watts's thing around 11 o'clock at night. We would get it, and they'd always leave you on a cliffhanger. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I missed the, the whole Saturday uh, wrestling thing. But anyways, that, that, I digress. And by the way, Jason did say early in the pandemic on a Friday night he wouldn't have cared. But now it's not the best because life is opening back up. I mean, it, that's just the way the thing goes and i and we had an earlier question that we didn't address that we should touch on and the question was something along the lines of do you think aew would fare well if it went up against smackdown on friday night and i don't think so i don't think i don't think either one would win that war versus going out going to restaurants sporting events concerts anything like that anymore i think i think now in this post-pandemic war uh, wor world uh, going out is going to be the new cool is going to be the new Friday, Saturday where everybody's like, we've done it for 20 years. I just want to stay home and relax. When you take it away from a year, everybody just wants to go out and enjoy life now. And I think that's going to hurt anything on a Friday, Saturday, maybe even Sunday. I mean, uh, for ratings. Yes. For actually having a live, like SmackDown like, or AEW. Oh, every uh, your, people are going to eat it up, right? So, I mean, uh, I, I know I'm already getting like independent bookings and I haven't had an independent booking in very long because 
you know, the pandemic and people are already reaching out. And a lot of them are already like, Hey, PD, can you work this Friday? Hey, can you, can you do this Saturday? I, can we do a double shot and you do a, you know, a, a seminar and stuff like that. So the world is opening back up uh, and it smells disaster for the ratings. I, I don't know. I don't know how to end that. <laughs> well, that's, that's not a bad way. That was kind of esque Yeah. That's what I was trying to go for, but like very, my, uh, listen, we want to wrap the show up and talk a little bit about Impact going forward with no fans at Slammiversary because, uh, Pete, I'll be honest, I think Impact is this is going to hurt Impact going forward if they're the last show to allow fans in, especially since Slammiversary is their, what, SummerSlam? Yeah, that, pretty much, yeah. That would be their second biggest pay-per-view, and especially since June, everybody is kind of opening back up, going back on tour, I'm worried because as much as we all love impact for me, this feels like a case of same old impact. Yeah. Party. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I think when we film this and like leading up to Slammiversary and all that, like nobody yet, like WWE or ring of honor, or, uh, maybe AEW, but like WWE didn't announce their like, Hey, we're going to start touring again and live events. Uh, ring of honor hadn't announced it yet. So that that's the one bad thing about filming so far in advance is like, you know, we've already, we've already booked everything out and like, you know, secured venues and all that kind of stuff and, and talent and, and travel, just everything. And then it's like, okay, we got this set in stone. Uh Oh, like, should we change it? And like going on the road with fans and stuff like that, you know, that does cost more money. Um, so yeah, I'm worried because it's, like you said, it's going to look like the same thing we've been doing for the past year. Um, but, you know, fingers crossed. You never know. I mean, there's still time before July 17th where it's like, hey, you know what? Actually, we're going to run this event here. But you can't wait too late because, you know, it, it's already like uh, we're seven weeks away. I mean, you got to start moving tickets if we're going to do a live show on on Slammiversary. Man, it would be awesome, Dennis. It really would. Like if they'd announce tomorrow, like, hey, you know, we're going to be live fans i'd be like yes like ah uh. lars yeah i mean you know it, it's it's it sucks and then that's all i can say <laughs> it sucks to no fans yeah. <laughs> i mean I, I mean i i mean the impact is like literally the program that i base my wrestling around that's my show and then all other wrestling kind of goes around that so um honestly like if I were to go back to see a live event, you know, I've been to one independent event and I go to, I go to a lot of independent wrestling. That's kind of re really where my true passion is to see those, you know, those types of shows live. And I try to support them. If they're within 150 mile radius of me, I'll be there. You know, if I can be, um, because I love independent wrestling. And, but if, if the one, um, the one promotion I would want to see live before anybody else, any of the other, you know, bigger ones, it would be impact. You know what I mean? And the fact that like, they're sort of the last ones to come to the table and I'll just end it with this. It sucks. I, I think we could actually pull it off if, so the, the problem is we got, you know, uh slam anniversary on, on the 17th. Then we have two days of TV tapings afterwards. So it, it'd be awesome. Like even if we did, the live like with fans at the pay-per-view great and then travel to wherever even if it was in nashville but in an arena of some sort 
even if we did close set, like how we've been doing TV tapings after that, I think that'd be okay. I just think we need that big event to be out in front of fans. Even if you guys open the doors to the first 150 fans or 200 fans or something just to have bodies in there would be great. Even if you didn't sell tickets, like, look, Slammiversary, our biggest show, we want to get back. If you're in the Nashville area, come down and we'll try to get as many in as possible. Amazing way to get back to the fans. But I don't see Impact doing that. I think Impact is going to hold the line and it, to their detriment going forward. I, I get the problem I with the logistics of – I, and I think it would hurt Impact to go from Slammiversary. If any other pay per view would have been great, I wouldn't have. I, this wouldn't be an issue. But Slammiversary, their second biggest pay per view, and I don't know. And look, I like Impact. It sounds like I'm knocking them, but it sounds like it's almost a little bit of laziness where they go, "Well, we don't want to change the set to put 200 fans in just to have to work hard overnight to put it back to a studio setting." I. That's the way I'm viewing the situation. Well, I think that's a shitty argument because, I mean, as we all watched when we were very young, WTBS, I mean, how many fans were in that place? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 50. Well, if you look at just a little bit of insight, if you look at our setup at uh, like Skyway Studios, like there's nowhere to sell like concessions or anything like that. It's like a, it's a closed studio. Like, I don't know. Just what do you the, The fans would still come if there were no concession. I know, but I think legally... I don't. I think you have to have them like be able to buy food and drink. I don't know. I I'm not sure, but it's, I need to have a bathroom. The bathroom. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, I don't. I don't think we have a public bathroom because everything is like like it's a closed set. There's offices. There's studios. All that kind of stuff. Like we would definitely even if we went down the street to like I don't know that the high school or whatever like that could be accommodated, but just in the studio itself, you can't like, mm-hmm. we, would, we would definitely have to move venues. That that's for sure. Right. Well, let us know. I don't, yeah. Yeah. I don't see that happening. And I think that's going to be a bummer. So uh, we got a great call the ODB food truck in for concessions. Oh, hell yeah. She lives in Nashville. Get go. her, yeah, concessions, and then hopefully she could bring porta potties with her too. <laughs> oh, there you go. I got it. Hey, I'm co- texting Scott right now. Pull rancid out, fucking dude. Bob, <laughs> fucking love a whole got her plan. Yeah. Anything else before we wrap this show up that we want to talk about that kind of was the week and that was in wrestling? Um. Well, you know what? I want to say something. How excited I am to see fucking Petey Williams on TV all the time now. Man, I well, thanks. I uh, can't wait to see him walking around the ring for an hour tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, oh yeah, again, that is tomorrow. Uh, Today is Wednesday. So that big man, they've been hyping that up. Yeah. The Iron Man match, first ever one-hour Iron Man match. on uh you know an impact history there's been and we've been they've been showing it on social media like all the half hour ones with like joe versus engel and aj versus daniels and the other ones uh but this one i mean i've already spoke about it and i i I already i can't talk highly enough about it but um it's a mat it's a good match man like those guys aren't like you know like just okay we're gonna work a headlock for 20 minutes for the first time to kill some time or whatever. Like, no, they go out there and they're, they're going from, from, you know, minute number one. 
And you know, yeah, it's a long time being out there for an hour, especially when you're not wrestling. And yeah, you know, it starts right at before the impact, the BTI, you know, so tune in, make sure it's right at seven o'clock, and then you'll see it and you know it's it's gonna roll right into the beginning of uh of impact at eight. So uh, it's gonna be a good show. Anything else, guys? All right. Well, look, uh, before everybody promotes their stuff, I do want to say we are going to be doing more of these live shows uh, without guests. It's just us talking about topics. I do think the next one, maybe we give out the code to some people and let them pop on the stream and talk to us personally. But that's that's only if you're following us on all of our social media. Just search Wrestling Person. Who's screening the callers this time? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> that was such a debacle. Pete, Lar were you there, Lars? No, you two. I wasn't. It was me, Kindle, and Dimitri, and DMAC. And we were like, hey, we're going to open up the stream. Uh, whoever wants to come on, come on and talk to us. And like the first guy comes on and he's twerking in his underwear. We were answered, Lars. He's seen that move on a concert once. Great show. Yeah. So that's, but uh, we, I think we'd wow. like to do more fan stuff. So that's what we're going to try to do. One show a week with a guest, one show a week without where we just talk, uh, you know, topic stuff with you guys, the fans, because we've all said we love hanging out with you guys, the fans. And we're so glad that on a, a late night, Tuesday night, you guys are making time to watch us be idiots. But the max we have going on. Tuesday or Wednesday? It doesn't matter what oh, day it is. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if we were not really live and we fooled everybody? <laughs> We actually pre-recorded this on Where Monday. Where are we? Yeah. There we tomorrow, <laughs> yesterday, today. <laughs> D-Mac, where can people find you? What do you got going oh, on? Oh, no matter what day it is, as long as it's a weekday, 3 to 5, Woodward Sports Network, I'm on the hook. Fridays, I got the uh, WJR show, and you can always find me on Darren McCarty 4 on Twitter. Pete? Yeah, uh, you know, you can find me on uh, here, obviously, all of our platforms for uh, Wrestling Perspective, and uh, also on uh, Twitter, Instagram, at IPDWilliams. Lars, what do you got, buddy? I know you're going on tour. We're excited. Coming to Detroit. We're going to hang out. Yeah. Um, can you say it with a little more excitement? Like, yeah, I get to hang out yeah. with you guys. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Uh-huh. There, Lars, don't worry. Rockstar life, pal. <laughs> Stuck to see my 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 Detroit family, that's for sure. So uh, two by two by the way of Canada. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So what what was your question? What do you got? <laughs> promoting promoting. First schedule. Yeah. Calling my name right now, and I've been hanging out with you guys for the last hour when that thing's ready to be eaten. So that's what I got going on right now. But honestly, Lars Fredrickson, Blue Check Instagram. Also on on Facebook, I'm never really on it, but it's there if you want to see it. Um, obviously, the Wrestling Perspective podcast, you'll see me there as well. And then on Twitter, I'm at, at RootsRadical01. And uh, hopefully, I'll be in a city near you soon. All things rancid. Go look them up. Listen to their music. We absolutely love them here. And like I said, uh, anywhere you're on social media, look up Wrestling Perspective. Our DMs are always open if you have a question or anything like that. We try to be the most fan-friendly podcast out there with as many celebrities as we have on here. Uh, you know, We see a lot of wrestling podcasts that don't open up to the fans, and they have nobody on it, but that's not us and what we want to do. So 
enjoy the rest of your night. Subscribe, rate, do all that stuff. Tell your friends. That's the biggest thing that we want you guys to do on the podcast. Guys, uh, we'll see you again later this week, maybe. For sure. Deuces.